Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. welcome to Kinetic Impressions Movie Review. I'm Arnie Diaz. And I'm Andrew Davila. And today we will be reviewing The Mummy, the 1999 action-adventure classic starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. <clears throat> the synopsis as part of the Wikipedia... The Mummy is a 1999 American action-adventure film written and directed by Steven Sommers. It is a remake of the 1932 film of the same title and stars Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. In the title roles, as they reanimate a mummy, the film follows adventurer's Rick O'Connell as he travels to Hamanaptra, the city of the dead, with a librarian and her older brother, where they accidentally awaken Emotep, a cursed high priest from the reign of the pharaohs, of SETI from 1290. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so my initial impressions of this movie is it's a 1999, like, perfect action-adventure film from the 90s. It's not a great film. I can't say that it is. I don't think any, any proper movie critic's going to tell you it's a great movie. It, it's a great, fantastic film that deserves all the Oscar praise, but it is a damn fun romp. Uh, as the story that has been told time and time again, it is obviously the son of the son of the son of the Indiana Jones, of course. But a fun, fun flick that I have fond memories of. Drew, your initial thoughts of this film? Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, The Mummy was like a, one of the first, like, uh, true blockbusters that I really remember in life. Because it you know, came out, it, it was one of the ones that, you know, the, the, the studios put pump a lot of money in. Came out May 99. And, you know, obviously we've been talking about it. 99 was a great year for films. And, you know, like, this might not have but gotten great reviews you know, to the, like, to the critics, but man, it, it's a, it's a great fun film. It's a fun family film. And this reminds me of the times when you used to go to movie theaters as a family and be able to watch something and it not, and a, a movie like with this title didn't have to be like gruesome, didn't have to be like bloody. It could just be fun action adventure, just like what you were referencing with the, um, the Indiana Jones series. But as we know, Death is only the beginning. <laughs> Death is only the beginning. And um, that really hits hard with this movie because you obviously, you know, obviously this is called The Mummy. And uh, this movie has been re re remade multiple times. This is, I think this was the third rendition of this movie. Obviously we have a fourth rendition with uh, Tom Cruise and stuff. Uh, the version that uh, came out more recently. Yeah, that's the one that shall not but be referred to. <laughs> yeah and, and that's the thing and that, that that's the thing though like when, when these movies come out as remakes uh even in 99 you know people didn't know like people didn't care to, to go see this because like it's another remake of another remake it literally was a remake of a remake so what what you're gonna i'm gonna go watch a film I, that a studio has put a lot of money behind and if you had told me back then i was like yeah we're gonna put brandon fraser in it and he is an egyptian I'm sorry, and he's not Egyptian, but he's going to Egypt as a French imperialist or whatever the fuck he is. And um, yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna we're gonna make Rachel Vice have some half-blooded Egyptian in her, and she's gonna be the counterpart just for good measure, <laughs> just for good measure. Rachel just for Weiss, good measure. White America, right? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna throw a little bit of ethnic inside of the white actress that is in the movie that plays one of the protagonists, just in case. Um, dude, I love your point about harking this back to like old popcorn movies that you used to go to watch during the summer with your family. This is for sure one of those movies that I remember fondly doing as well. 
Uh, I totally <laughs> went to go see this with my dad. We saw this movie and then we bought it on DVD and watched it multiple times at home. This was just like one of those, like just like Independence Day. Yes. Just one of those just straight up action adventure. Like I admit, man, the 90s was a good time for action adventure flicks. There just really hasn't been a lot of really fun, besides, you know, the Marvel movies for sure. A bunch of those are really fun action that, adventures. And that's what it's been replaced. I, I love that you brought that up because that's what it's been replaced with now is those Marvel movies where families can go and see some kind of, and, and like, we're going to have to get back to some, some sort of normal that was like the mummy movies, because uh, what are, you know, families going to go do without, you know, a Marvel movie coming out every summer or a star Wars film coming out every summer. That's, that's like already getting exhausting. We need more films like this. And I feel like, the whole Netflix thing, uh, bad movies, and you know we make this point all the time. Bad movies are no longer going to be released in movie theaters. Studios are going to want to control what goes out over there. So, for sure, a hundred percent. And you know, the, the movie theater. I mean, yeah, we're in an interesting spot with movies. It's changing and morphing, and it feels like every day there's new, there's a new development coming up for sure. But this, for sure. Uh, reminds us of what the high point and what like the really like uh, I guess the the, um, the yeah it's like the the high point in the movie going experience right this reminds you of that time of that history where like it was like the every month there was this one movie we're all gonna go watch we're gonna spend the money yep. splurge we're gonna wait in the line this is before this is before even like uh, assigned seating where like you had to get to the movie theater early to get a good seat <laughs> otherwise you were like. I remember, like, I may have even seen, like, I remember, like, that was the era we all actually went to the midnight screenings, you know, when movies before they were released yeah. were actually at 7 o'clock now. <laughs> you actually, like, got there, like, at 9 o'clock to get to the movie to make sure we had a good spot on opening night. And this is exactly right. You know, this is right before the time when we got some fucking, I'm sorry, excuse me, but, like, we got some good movies coming out, man. We had... You know, I remember watching uh, the Matrix, all the Matrix yeah, Reloaded yeah. and movie. Revolutions at the midnight showings. I remember watching Lord of the Rings during the midnight showings. I have to say, all, all the early Star Wars. The Matrix, specifically, one of the best movie going experiences I ever had in my entire life. It was the first time and probably the oh, only yeah. time. Maybe there's one other time that there was a literal standing ovation at the end of that movie. And I watched it like it, like it was it was like it was like a week after it came out, and it was like the ten o'clock screening after me, my brothers, and my dad had all already watched another movie. We just decided to make a whole day of it, and then we just went into the late screening of The Matrix, dude. It was packed to the brim. And at the end of it, after Neo flies, everyone just fucking got up and just clapped, clapped, dude. It was it was it was incredible. That's something I miss, uh, Arnie. That's something I really miss is the is the random guy who's gonna start clap clapping and really get excited for the hero. Because I love that. I mean, I, the last time we've had that was obviously for. Um, it still felt awkward though. It felt like you know it was uh, something being brought back, but it was for the Avengers movie. Yes. You know, Endgame. Whenever, yes. Uh, yes. you know, when like uh, obviously that moment where uh, Cap Cap gets a reading in his ear, you know, and he's like, yes. and it's it's somebody who's been gone. Yes. And uh, and then you you know then you start seeing <laughs> yes. you start seeing the circles pop up and that that was the last to me that's the last standing ovation moment in a movie that we've seen for a while uh, but I really miss those moments were the best times to see those kind of things for sure man and like I I I wanted to watch this movie because like. 
I knew it tickled that nostalgia feeling in the back of my head, but I forgot how fucking fun it was. <laughs> I looked up the Siskel and Ebert uh, review of this movie, and the first thing he says straight off the bat, I can't say this is a good movie, but I had a good time, and it's fun, right? And that's 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 definitely what I think the initial thoughts of the movie are. Right. Oh, I mean, you know, like I, I, I shared with you earlier that like that the the really the one that made me laugh out loud, the review that I read was just like one a one liner that said, this is the only mummy film I will acknowledge until I see something else that gives me the same film uh, yeah. feels. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was hilarious. And mummy was spelled wrong. It was spelled like mommy. So I was just like, I, I don't know. I don't even know if this is the film they're talking about. For but sure. <laughs> it, it really did. It really did hit, hit home for me because I, I, I think that's true. I'm like, I don't ever want to go. And that, that's why we that's why we discount the Tom Cruise one, man. It's because we will never say there was another, another mummy film. No. The after Brendan no, Fraser the, did The execution this, of this film, it's just on all cylinders is fucking, it's just, it's fun. It's dumb, dumb. I'll have to say, um, just by just to mention, I think the latest movie that has actually made me feel uh, as fun as this movie is in this kind of same vein, I gotta say the uh, the new Jumanji with The Rock in it, uh, really? a really fun movie, a really fun action adventure film, absolutely. I gotta watch that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, all right, so kind of just dive in a little bit to the subjects at hand. Uh, let's talk about the story at first, right? So, um, kind of my initial thoughts on the story was that this is. This is the the, the uh, a rehashed story with the same archetypes, right? Like I, I mentioned the Indiana Jones thing, and that like this movie, you know, uh, I actually watched the um, the Cinema Sins thing about this, and they explained that yeah. like this movie is actually just like the Indiana Jones movies, but actually the Indiana Jones movies were also uh, uh, based off of old television serials, and then those television serials were also developed on top of, uh, old, uh, or were um, inspired by old radio dramas, which were inspired by old pulp That's books and novels, right? And I've read Clive Custler books. I love the Clive Custler Dirt yeah. Pit books, and this is just straight out of those pages, a very, like, well-paced action-adventure novel. And the amount of like small story that that this filmmaker that Steven Somers gets into this movie is pretty staggering. This is a long movie. Like it's it's almost two and a half hours long. And before we even get to the mummy, it's almost an hour long, right? And it's all, yeah. but it's but it's still fun because like the the story itself is just all of these characters who we've known before coming together just like the swashbuckling anti-hero the damsel in distress the fool the the menacing you know villain of this movie the the fact that like those the, all of those archetypes yes but the the actual performance from the actors elevate the story because they are chewing scenery all of the time yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right like and they're overplaying this and this is for the most part i mean besides the two main stars these are a lot of um down the list actors i mean these these aren't you know that they, they don't they, there's not that many famous cameos that appear in this movie to me uh especially for this time period but um i i, I had never heard of him you know before this but like uh, arnold Vosloo, who uh plays in in hop to uh in Hoptep, I, I can never say it. Imhotep. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank you for helping me with that. Imhotep is how I was trying to, is what I was trying to say. He is 
he's one of the scariest villains. And it's, he does it. He he plays it so well just immediately from the the beginning. And I'm like, uh, uh, if my camera wasn't set up, uh, honestly, actually, I, I would give a standing ovation to um, Patricia, Patricia Velasquez, who's one of the hottest <laughs> Egyptian girls I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that first <laughs> the, scene. The girl in the... Yeah, that first, that scene. first scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just get up and stand up like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> praise the Lululemon yeah. gods. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know about the Lululemon yeah, gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but he, uh, Arnold Vossel is like one of the scariest people I've seen since, like, as a child, I was introduced to Voldemort. <laughs> like, he's just, <laughs> he's just really scary. And I want to tell you, like, it's just so funny that in this movie he's also referred to as um he who shall not be named <laughs> and like i thought I was like oh shit this guy is og voldemort <laughs> she may <laughs> like, have gotten the idea of, of that from this from this film honestly <laughs> like it could be one for of real because yeah. he was bald he kind of had that uh his jaw dropped a lot in this movie dude. like i feel bad for his jaw oh my God. Like, dude. it was just always like open <laughs> cgi open regular <laughs> open always open dude and, and in 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 the harry potter books and films he does a lot of emotep stuff like he does oh, the big yeah. face clouds like uh, all the dude all these are voldemort's powers <laughs> coming back from the dead You're right man Funny so like Horcruxes. we have oh dude or actually the or actually the white dudes who opened up the tomb to bro 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 I love that we're blowing even our own minds in this fucking review right Dude. now <laughs> Did JK Rowling or oh, however the hell you say her name take like all of the powers in everything? I'm googling it right now Did JK Rowling watch the mummy Yeah like this is all <laughs> the tomb thing like cuz Harry Potter arguably is a like seven. Well, I don't know how many is like like six six book series, four book series. I don't know how to be the fucking long book series. Just a, a a kid going tomb raiding. It's just a two. It's a teenage tomb raiding movie. That's amazing, bro. Like the it's it, like seriously, all the powers Emotep have are the exact same things that he does down to the Horcruxes. Dude, down to the horror. You're right, man. <laughs> down to everything. I mean, like, it, it is all the same powers. That's that's great. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, that's okay. so great. It is, it is absolutely fantastic. Um. Kind of back to the story a little bit. I do want to talk about like it's interesting how these stories. There, there's history to these stories, right? And it's all really about American imperialism. Not 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 American imperialism. Sorry, not American. It's about colonialism, right? It's about yep. colonialism, and it's about like, these these men that go across the world to like, some exotic lands to find treasure, right? <laughs> and this fil this film is just like like biting into those tropes, hundred percent throughout the entire time. But it's a fun telling, right? And it doesn't matter because you kind of you kind of it, it kind of wears that on its sleeve, right? It just wears the fact of what kind of film it is. And it just delivers you into that world, and you just kind of take it. That, that's that's kind of where I'm at with the story, man. I think it's it, I think Stephen Sommers he he only directs the movies that he writes, and I think the story that he wrote 
was perfect for the directing that he did. It was really nicely well hand in hand. And I think that there are moments that are really well played. There are actually, I think the transitions help to uh, establish the story as well. There are some beautiful transitions and moments that help the story out here that I think the directing and the storytelling just really melded together really well. And it kind of really helps to elevate the movie to a more, to a more uh, entertaining way for the audience to take in, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. Please, go ahead. I think I had a little bit of a delay, um, but no, I was just going to say, like, I think you're absolutely right with that, man. Like um, the pacing so well paced by him. And, and you can tell like it's, it is that combination of a written and directed film. And I think that's, that's what helps it so much is like, I mean, uh, I, I know like just that opening, you know, the opening scene with the Pharaoh, uh, you know, like stabbing the Pharaoh and that, that happens like in, it feels like, it feels like in 30 seconds, you know, like it happens so quick. We lot. get that little, yeah. we get that intro, like a lot of story happens. We already get like um, the, my irrational fear of tumbling bookcases <laughs> in the <laughs> library, which I was just like, man, this movie's already scary with the, <laughs> with yeah. all the, the bookcases. Sure. That's one of my irrational fears. Anytime I go into library, I, I actually don't go into libraries because of that reason. Um, but like, and then, and then, like the first thirty minutes, man, Brandon Fraser is just—he gets into like three death traps, and and you're right, we haven't even gotten to the mummy yet. We haven't even gotten to where the mummy is no. by this by the time. I mean, like we, we are in the very beginning, but like this guy's gotten in so much trouble, and uh, Rachel Weiss actually saves him twice, two yeah. of those times, once once in the boat, and then once later on, and like uh, or once in the boat, and then once in the prison, yeah, and. There's just, and that happens, I, I don't even want to say 30 minutes. It's like almost 25, 20 minutes. Yeah, and then there's like 40 minutes so much happens. the mummy. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so much story plot once they actually get there. And I'm like, dude, dig this thing open already. Y'all know y'all fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the character work here, man. Because I think this is like, I think together the character work and the direction is just the shining star of this movie. Um, and oh, yeah. because I think the, the characters, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, um, I also want to give a special shout out to John, uh, Hannah. He's plays Rachel Weiss's brother, funny guy. Um, and also just, just, just the sheer amount of character actors in this movie that these are all players, day players that you've seen in movies before that really haven't had any time to shine. Like you were saying, Eric Avar, Avar, who plays Dr. Terrence Bay, who is uh, who is the doctor in the library, who plays the who's the boss of Rachel Weisz's character. I, I think this right. is probably his best role because he just he, the amount of lines that he has, as opposed to any other movies, is, is staggering to me. But I think they all choose scenery and really dive into the characters. They're funny. The chemistry is there, and there's just no denying how much all these people you know had a great time on set and it, it uh, yeah yeah it, like it. i i um you you never fall in love with benny you hate him the whole movie i love how consistent yeah. he's the comedic relief he has an arc. and i and it oh go ahead what he has an arc too like yeah yeah, yeah he definitely has an arc yeah. he he has like a, a good arc and and like and I love every single time that they repeat the quote. It's like, Benny's going to get his. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Benny, he's going to get 
his. <laughs> and I, I it, it's not too much either because you would feel like with the brother, with uh, Kevin J. O'Connor, uh, who you just mentioned, um, and and Benny, I feel like you, we would have gotten like too much comedy, comedic relief in the because they, they were very similar like comedic relief roles, but they're perfect. They're perfect for each other. I, I, I love I love the um, the funny bad guy, which I feel like we don't see unless it's a Disney movie, yeah, like, like the, a cartoon. I yeah. like the funny bad guy. It's a, it's a really good concept and, and we, we lose it a lot. Um, it's something like that we learned from the hyenas, from the Power Rangers. Like it's something iconic that uh, we, don't, we don't really uh, see much nowadays. It's like, a, it's like Igor, right? He's like the Igor to the mummy. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, it's just like a, and I do like, um, his and her brother, who's the bubbling idiot, says psychic character as well, which you don't get much. But in these kind of movies, he's like Vince Vaughn in Sahara, you know, <laughs> like like those like yeah. side characters. And like this, and like and the story really gives all these characters a moment and a moment to breathe, which again is like another testament to the directing. It is just he puts so much work into each character in each moment. Um, it's kind of staggering, but like back, back to the character stuff. Like, I, I think that like Brendan Fraser, just like, look at him. He's just like a, he's a good looking dude. He plays into this perfect role of the swashbuckling asshole anti-hero. Um, yes, he doesn't ask for consent to kiss the girl, but you know, it's the kind of movie it is, uh, as well. Rachel Weiss playing the smart, intelligent, uh, damsel in distress. Uh, definitely brings a lot to the role as well. I love that they actually like give all of these people real Egyptian lines to speak, giving them a little bit more, uh, you know, scene to chew as well. Um, the Magi as a, as a concept are really cool, right? <laughs> they don't really do much. They actually kind of just watch everyone do everything with the, until until like the very last minute. Um, but like, uh, I just think that everyone just works really well together, uh, and like, the character work definitely helps elevate the humor the pacing of the story and j just the fun that this movie has um shout out to winston the one guy who the plane guy who was in the movie for literally six minutes i mean this is how how fast this guy moves with character development he literally introduces this character in some like shady off in the corner stretch of the desert brendan fraser explains to him uh we're just gonna um Beat the bad guy, save the damsel in distress, and save the world. And he just goes, yeah, let's do it. And then three minutes later, he's dead. <laughs> but you feel for him. I felt for him. And I felt Did I miss something? I thought he was in the beginning. Uh, he, like, he, was he leaves. In a, moment. in a moment, he meets up with O'Connell at a bar. No, no, no. Even before that, I thought he was at the fight. At the fight with the French versus the, the horse people. Yeah, the, yeah. The... yeah, yeah. He was. Even before that, yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he was there for a second. He gets introduced. Like, you don't. He literally I don't gets think a he line. Even, he like, gets two lines. Yeah. He literally gets one line. Yeah, yeah but uh, I'm just going to speak about characters for a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get back to that. But like, yeah, dude, Brendan Fraser, like it, like I said earlier, if you told me that you were going to put a whole bunch of money on an Egyptian movie about, with Brendan Fraser as the head, uh, like I would have just, I, I, I'd still be laughing. Like yeah. <laughs> from 1999 to now, I'd still be, I'd be like, remember that joke you said about Brendan Fraser? Yeah, I'd still be laughing about it. And um, I think he does an awesome, he, he's a great badass because you love him the whole time. He's so warm. And like from all his other characters, 
like you know you, you you still love how humble he is and but him trying to be a badass is just so fun to watch yeah and he really like it honestly makes me feel like I know this guy's not a badass, but he really loves Rachel Vice, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play along with it. It's it's such a great I I don't know I I I think I love I love their two chemistry together, um, and then the character actors like you say, man, it builds it builds everything. Like um, John Hanna, they um, uh, Kev, I'm sorry earlier when I said Kevin J O'Connor, that's actually who plays Benny, and then uh, the villain Arnold Vosloo the it goes all the way down the list you know that we were talking about where even um the uh our i think his name's our death our death bay he's played by odin fair like that guy with the tattoos yeah. under his eyes yeah yeah part of the man i guy. mean that guy's a badass guy man like he's a badass the whole time he's like should we kill brendan fraser nah man the desert's gonna kill him and it was like <laughs> and then like as the next time his next line his next line, damn, that's a strong motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's coming up. You know, he's like, he sees Brendan Fraser. He's on the cliff. He sees Brendan Fraser coming back. And he's like, damn, that guy's strong. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, what a great line. I'm like, I. it sounded so much more badass in, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever, uh, see that he's talking yeah i don't know like and then um and then you know and then like we get back to like the all these little actors and then you get back to like the the warden uh, warden dies i'm like nobody even cares I'm like dude has anybody seen the warden I'm like nah man he, he's been dead <laughs> and you kind of you know you kind of like him i like I, I liked him a little bit uh and then we get all the way to captain winston who, who yeah like can't you see him for three frames in the beginning yeah <laughs> like, like maybe it's not maybe, even, yeah maybe three frames of the film and then you see him again we're like they run into a bar again and then he comes back and he's like hey man you want to save some people and he's like sure let's go and then he just dies and tear you know it, it just uh, we don't even get to see like the last breath you you know you, you always hope that you get the last breath he and, may not even be and, dead that moment is so awkward too because you know um like imhotep is like over there with his jaw dropped like like he is all the time he's he's causing this the biggest sandstorm anyone's ever seen and rachel vice is like i'm gonna i'm gonna see what kissing him does let's see if i can kiss him real quick distract him a little bit and i'm like man what a ho thing to do but <laughs> great like great vision there you know you save two out of three of them or three out of four of them so <laughs> Yeah, why not? Uh, I think even down to like the, uh, the, the those uh, other adventurer guys that Benny was tracking over to uh, Hamanatra, even those guys had moments. Like the one guy lost his eyes. I felt bad for, for him. I felt bad for him. And then his death scene was one of the best death scenes. Like when like the dust goes in the silhouette, just like he, he like sucks out his life force. Like it's like he's an apple was really cool. And then each of them has a, like a cool death scene as well. Um, there's just so much. Um, I think that's a perfect segue into the direction of this movie. Which, oh, real like, quick, like, I, I do want to go into directing right after this, but, like, how do you, how unlucky were they to be, like, uh, like to get on the boat and say, wait, y'all going to the same place we're going? 
and then like they're obviously like shitty americans like you know, they they yeah they talk about them so <laughs> craftily yeah. you know like yeah these dumb americans until the shooting starts when the shooting starts they're like i'm glad we're with these americans yeah these guys <laughs> these guys love to shoot but yeah um yeah i wanted to talk about of course the, the directing is um part part for the, like one of the main reasons this movie excels at being fun is just the way like i do have to preface steven somers did also write this movie which makes perfect sense because of the nuance that is brought into every scene of this movie uh that's yep. that's that's where this movie this directing where his director really fucking shines it is the nuance that is brought into every scene that is elevated by the character and the fucking production design um the the sheer amount of like production design in this movie is staggering uh i, I mentioned uh during the pre stuff that like this was before cgi took over took over took over so like to be able to manage such a production on top of writing this movie and then on top of uh, directing the actors in this movie is a gigantic feat that only like 90s directors can do you know what i mean to do these kind of movies yeah. um and he in this movie i think aside from the fact that this is not schindler's list this is not one of those oscar contending movies of course this is a feat of just straight popcorn filmmaking um uh and his director is the the through line that puts it all together um obviously the reason he that the fact that he wrote it you you feel it because he understands the nuance that needs to be brought into every single frame um from um from the like from the from like you said earlier about like the the introduction to emotep that first scene is so well executed that you barely need any of the dialogue but of course it, he brings in the narration that tells you about what's happening but that's that whole scene is fun it's like well paced and it moves the story along and then it gets into the point of this film where you meet all the main characters and all of their introductions have like really good slapstick moments and, and then all the characters have really good chemistry to a point where you actually forget that the you don't even see the mummy or you don't even get into supernatural stuff really until an entire hour into the movie. And then when you hit the mummy, it just kind of goes to this next level and it just keeps going and going and going until the finale. Um, so I think overall the directing is probably the highest point of this film and it really brings the aspect of how fun it is out. Um, I think Steven Somers, I think, Honestly, I'm going to say this is, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his older movies in a while, but I got to say this is probably my favorite one of his movies because we have seen pretty much all of his movies. Like Steven Somers is not a Steven Spielberg name, but he is definitely a guy who has been around, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the, uh, you mentioned earlier the, the Jungle Book movie, you know, that the Jungle Book, uh, Kipling, I always call it Kipling's Jungle Book because it's not to be confused with. Uh, the Jungle Book with like the bear follows the little kid. I always loved the real life version. Uh, I I had that tape as a child, and I remember it almost like burned in my little race car, my race car tape rewinder. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know Arnie? exactly what you're talking about. Yes, I do. Yeah, I man, I had one of those race car rewinders, and I watched it so much at my grandmother's house that I it, it set on fire because I, I used to love that movie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. It's scary. It, 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 hits, it, it hits all the same points to the reason why I love this mummy movie. And um, did, 
fun fact did you know in that jungle book that lena lena hitty uh hetty is the the main romance in that in that jungle book man she is she is the young white girl love interest wow she goes back, just to blow dude. your mind a little she bit goes back bro yeah yeah man and and so like from that movie to the mummy this mummy series which i i i love rewatching. um i was one of the few people to go watch gi joe rise of the cobra <laughs> yeah i think and i watched it too unpopular opinion i get it but damn that was a good movie that was still a good movie it was a good movie a decade later after the mummy when those films didn't really work out you know what i mean like yeah we had been over the phase 2009 2008 is when like we got we really started liking academy awards instead like yeah the whole movie industry kind of grew up in a way yeah and like you couldn't get old, you know, you couldn't get away at during that decade. You couldn't get away with just like throwing another Jurassic Park out. You you had to do some work for it. Um, and like that, uh, that GI Joe movie was great. And like, especially like to have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, Leo Howard, th- there's some great characters in that. And, and that was another one where I really liked it. And uh, to your point, man, I really think it's it's this directing written written combo that he has, um, and, and you know he got a lot of flack, he got a lot of crap for making an all white mummy movie, like that we've been saying. <laughs> it's funny. And what, what was it? Uh, two years? How many years did it take for him to write? What? I'm not sure. Um. Uh... Sorry, this one came out in '99, right? Yeah, this one came out in '99. Yes. Yeah, so from 99, it took him <laughs> three years after getting all the crap for this movie to to make a minority cast of this movie and call it the Scorpion King. So we have to thank him. We have to thank him for giving us um, Chris the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dwayne the Rock Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You I just said... messed up the Rock's name, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, we should still thank Somers. I don't know how... Sorry, man, I was thinking about my friend Chris, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we have to thank him for for giving us Dwayne The Rock Johnson because Dwayne really came out during that Scorpion King movie when he was just this buff badass who like twirled his hair and kicked people's yeah, asses. Yeah, that was his first real like fucking film. Like, and, and you were scared. Like yeah. you were scared of this guy. And you really thought he was just going to be like this buff dude that doesn't get that many movies. Like, and now he's a comedic genius. Oh, well, he's, so he's the most powerful actor in, in Hollywood right now. <laughs> he yeah. is it. There's a mountain right now of Hollywood stars. He is at the very tippity, 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 top, top, top. Uh, and Steven Somers is definitely one of those like directors from the old school that brought him in back in those times. Um, yeah, man, uh, there's just like there isn't anything like a good '90s action film, and Steven Somers is definitely from that vein. And I think one of the biggest things about GI Joe: Rise of the Cobra that um, is interesting, like that, is a very CGI heavy film. It was, yeah. Right. So that's definitely. This was not. Yeah, this was not, and that's one of the things. I think it's a good time for us to move into production design because I think this all kind of falls in line here. It is an important thing to state the sheer amount of production that went into this film. It is all on screen. It is part of the reason why I think this film still holds up, 
is because a lot of this production design is on the screen. You can see it. It is physical. And these actors, I think their performances is elevated because of the production design. I think it's it's difficult for actors to act in front of a green screen only the whole time, the entire time. Yes. To act in, to act in front of a tennis ball the whole time. <laughs> You know, I think it brings it brings something to the film and the performance for you to be in these tombs. And we have to do we have to give credit to those type of directors too that 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 live in that life. We have to yeah. we have to love uh you know Steven Spielberg, um Peter Jackson is one that comes to mind that yeah. like, you know, P Peter Jackson Jackson probably spends his in, like he has a, an hour count of how long he's been in just a green void of a room. Yeah with people with like you know with those like cgi um body suits, suits where yeah. it has just like balls all over it yeah. instead and like the dude just has like a head mask with just balls on it just or, so or they like can a get head mask points. but then like the head is like the tennis ball protruding like three feet above his head right, right so yeah. they gotta stare at the tennis ball instead of like looking at the guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like the all the gollum all the gollum things that we've always seen too like for sure <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you got to give credit to those guys who who who, um, who live in those CGI jobs. But yes, this movie is beautiful in that you really get to ex uh, like experience the sand. Yeah. Of this movie, yeah. and that that's that's what it is. It's it's like no, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Cairo. We're gonna have these beautiful sunsets. We're gonna look at this beautiful Egyptian city. We're gonna. We probably have to CGI some pyramids and some old pharaoh stuff, but it's gonna look great. Yes. And then we're gonna just play this. We're gonna play this old timey, and we're gonna keep it classic. And he does a great job. Uh, all the actors really overplay that. Just like you keep saying, man, with the when the characters, they overplay this, but they do. I think they do. They have. They have a better. Um, oh man, I just lost the word that I was gonna use they just have like a better presence because they're in this honest, like they're in, in a Sahara desert as they, opposed they, to, yeah, in a they, they were literally in Morocco. They filmed this shit in yeah. Morocco. Um, and they were, yeah. And the sets are incredible and intricate well beyond things that we would do in like high budget movies. Now, honestly, unless you have a director who's willing to do, uh, like, like I think JJ, actually learned a lesson from the original star wars force awakens that he did and decided to do a lot really? of practical effects right he decided he made that a point to be a thing and i think for his follow-up the, the last one he did he he made sure that practical effects were a part of it because that really i feel like it really does in a lot of ways elevate the movie but also elevates the performances right <clears throat> and um these and the well, it, it elevates a lot of things because like actually having these like zombies who are like you you paid some people and you actually ma made them in makeup and they're not really zombies but like you know you you have to they have some mind control things in this movie uh going on and like having those real people instead of cgi people helps a lot um having like i think one of the biggest moments is that sandstorm right yeah that sandstorm is a great sandstorm yeah it's 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 big it's overwhelming uh, you don't need much to do what this movie needed to do um, with with its practical effects. And I, I thought it was uh, beautifully done. I, I didn't like 
um, because this movie was so real, the whole concept of this magical city only appearing during sunrise. What, what, like, you know, I had that joke about it earlier, but like, to tell me what, what, what did you think about that? Like, that wasn't that like just such a random snowball in this whole thing? Like, yeah. everything just seemed really legit. They were going somewhere on a boat. Uh, you know, I told you like. I, I made that joke earlier, even where it was like Brandon Fraser's like, leave the map, the map. I have it up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, the map. I'm the no, map. no, no one says that. But like, <laughs> no one says that. I was like, what's up with the like the city just appearing because of the sunset? Like, For we don't sure. need anything. And, it, and then all those like really weird CG pyramid scenes that were. It was like so CG was definitely an accoutrement, <laughs> right? An add-on in this yeah. film, right? It wasn't the whole enchilada. Um, which, you know, I think worked. Obviously, the CG's dated, you know, it's got, you know, it's pixelated, but, you know, you could see where the technology was going. I actually really liked the character design of the mummy right at the beginning. Um, you could tell that, you know, it, the, the shadows and the textures were a little off, but it was still pretty believable as a, even a 90s, a 90s CG fucking mummy and stuff like that. Um, but I kudos to, to all of the production design and everything. I just think, like, this movie was just firing on all cylinders for me um you know it it holds up it holds up and and like there's you can't say that like 10 years later they made a wolverine movie that if you watch it right now you can see every moment that cgi'd because it it didn't hold up yeah for sure for sure definitely the production design is one of the reasons i think the performances are great and i think is one of the main reasons this movie holds up so well and can we give a round of applause uh can we give a round of applause to jerry goldsmith he does an amazing job with the score of this film. Yeah. And it keeps, and all that pacing that we've just talked about, all that character stuff, it it does not go unnoticed that Jerry Goldsmith was amazing at his job at keeping us in the movie with his score. And the music was done phenomenally. Uh, you know, you uh, as a production person myself, you are, um, you always thank the critic when you're unnoticed because if they don't notice you, you, that means you did a good job in production. But what I love is, uh, and I always reference this, is like, you know, those Christopher Nolan scores that build you up with the film, but then you have those kind, but then you have, um, I forget the director that I always mention, but you have like somebody like, like this movie that you don't, you can't remember what the song was, but you remember it helped inflict your emotions where, where they needed to go because the score was so well done. For sure. No, kudos to that. For sure. The score is one of the biggest. Yeah, it is. It is a really good score. And it, it is a it, it's kind of goes to show you that like uh, if, like that's one of the reasons this this movie just feels the way it does, because it, it does have all these elements of score and scale and, 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 and really good story that just moves. That's just really a delight just a delight it's just it, it like this movie makes action adventure look, look look easy to do you know yeah um, um i think i think that's that's it for the main topics i want to talk about sure um i did want to bring oh, yeah, up man. some kind of side stuff that I, I actually saw which is pretty funny um so looking up the uh the siskel the original siskel and ebert um <laughs> um uh a review of this he mentioned this uh so he had wait, wait. siskel was what, not what there. was the before you Sorry, man. Before you mention that, what was the what was his rating? Does he give a rating? Uh, no, these... thumbs up, thumbs down, right? Yeah, so two thumbs up. It, it was uh, it was two thumbs up, but like the guys were both like, really. I think so. I forget. Uh, I forget. No, 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 no. Like I, I was surprised. I, I just wanted to know. I, I kind of wanted to know 
uh, what it was before you 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 told us. Uh, but go ahead. Sorry you know, to interrupt. Honestly, man. I don't think he did give like a rating. He didn't even give like a thumbs up or anything. He just kind of like ended the interview. Uh, he just kind of mentioned some points of it. Um, this might have been before the thumbs up thing too. It was really old. Oh, okay. Um, so um, he said the uh, so Sisk so Ebert didn't say this, but the guy who was on on the show who was not Siskel. I think Siskel was sick or something during this time, so he had a right. guy from Newsweek on. Yeah. He mentioned that, again, not a, not a fantastic film, but a really enjoyable film, but also he wanted to mention, and I only mentioned this because he mentioned it, and I didn't, I wasn't going to mention it, but like if somebody mentioned this back then when this was being reviewed, it's, it needs to be staked too. Um, it's, he says that the Arab bashing of this movie is unforgivable. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. Which is pretty true man they're pretty they're depicted as like really bad like guys who spit just dirty dirty people and then ebert goes on to say you know what you're right it seems to be those people and nazis who are hollywood's um thing to make fun of or to like to talk down to um which is really something really interesting to pull up i just thought was funny also um i looked up the cinemasins guys cinemasins also on youtube they do these series of of uh, videos where they, they look up the um uh, the the bad things that every movie has done and they do like a ticker and they clock it down they mentioned two things that are really interesting uh, apparently Emotep was real Emotep was a real priest who uh, actually was a was kind of a revered guy not a bad guy he apparently made some incredible discoveries medic he made some incredible medical discoveries and was also a very innovative architect uh, as well also Anuk Sinamoon was a real guy was a real person as well, but she was born a thousand years after Emotep. <laughs> and also, why did the Pharaoh want to give Emotep superpowers, right? Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, he, just like, he, can we, can we calm, calm down? Can you think about the future? <laughs> like, yeah. why do you got to give these guys superpowers, man? Yeah. <laughs> they, they also mentioned how, like, they made Emotep into, like, the worst green apron apocalypse delivery ever by putting his vases and the Book of the Dead right next to him for the future generations to have to deal with. Um, just because I, I looked it up. Uh, well, first thing, like, yeah. I just looked this up because I, I wanted, I was intrigued about the whole Jerry Goldsmith idea. Um, Jerry Goldsmith has 256 credits under composer Good for movies Good God. on IMDb. Um, I just wanted to like, like this guy, this guy is a, a legend and um, his latest, his latest movie uh, that isn't a short, is uh comes from 2004 which is the it, he did all all the star trek movies all the star trek movies wow. before jj before jj abrams okay. took over him so he like his last film is the the final darkness um uh star trek the final darkness sorry is what i meant to say and like but he did nemesis the uh, star trek nemesis wow, incident yeah. at beta nine like he did all those types of movies first and then he movie. also did it, what that was the first tom hardy movie yeah trick nemesis yeah and then he did like uh the sum of all fears along came a spider in the 2000s he did hollow man the haunting the mummy like we just talked about mulan in 1998 what he, yeah he did like this guy what okay air force one la confidential in the 90s this guy was a rock star deep rising u.s marshals 
Chain Reaction. You respond the, to a good movie. Yeah, dude, this 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 list goes on. I think I saw that he did one of the Rambo um one of the Rambo movies too. Total Recall. I know we were talking about that the other day. Total Recall. Um But yeah, like this guy this guy is a legend and so we got to give this guy credit uh when credit is due yeah he did first blood part two and first blood Tight. of the rambo movie which is insane um and then uh another thing i want to mention was just like just one of rachel weiss's like one of my favorite quotes in this movie is when she's just the plain old duck drunk girl and says what is a place like me doing in a girl like this <laughs> This girl was cute this whole entire movie and it just sucks she wasn't an actual like minority in any way. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, she had a little um, Egyptian in her. She was a little Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that veil, the veil scene where she shows up in that veil because yeah. she's lost all her clothes. That's it's a hot scene. Yeah. Also um, very inappropriate. But I, <laughs> uh, in that yes. <laughs> she was trying to be, she was trying to do it, blend in in the most non way possible. Yeah. Yeah, it was very offensive. <laughs> yes. Uh but you know, I think uh I think we did it, man. I, yeah, I love that. Uh, this was great. This was a great movie to do. Well, what are your thoughts um we should go we should go uh we should think about what we're going to do next, but For like sure. on, on to the next week we're probably going to do a good movie news. I'm excited about movie news next week. Yes, movie news next week for sure. There's some developments. Uh there's some movies coming out, some other stuff. Some good stuff. Um, also some bad stuff some real bad stuff we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a little update on the movie industry as a whole uh it's not looking great <laughs> but you know it is what it is at the end of the day just watch a movie man <laughs> just watch movies yeah, I, I feel like movie news is gonna be like this film it's yeah. really bad but fun to watch fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. all right ladies and gentlemen that was good thank you very much i'm arnie this guy is andrew we are kinetic impressions uh, please follow us. Uh, please look for us on all of the podcasting platforms known to man on Kinetic Impressions. Uh, I also have a podcast called Arnie Diaz. You may look for it under the Arnie Diaz Show. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Sign up. Oops.